Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. All right, all right, all right. Before we get started today, we just wanted to say welcome to the club. Footwork.club is now live, the official footwork website where you can find all the footwork content, including some new features. That's right. Along with our podcasts and guests, you can find exclusive written articles, including blogs about our own stories, free products that can help with chasing the dream, as well as our first official merch. All that and more. So join the club. All right. Special guest today. This is take seven. We've had some technical difficulties, but the last time we talked, it's probably the number one episode when it comes to the amount of name drops. I think the amount of time we spent. So, I mean, we're off to the start already with how many uh, redos we've had to do. So let's see if we we reach that time level. Um, we welcome back 193,000 US dollar. I don't know his FIFA rating. We'll hear that in a second. But <laughs> Greenville Triumph, Triumph forward once again, Jay Keegan. Welcome back, buddy. Thank you so much for having me, Dylan. That was perfect. That intro, if all the takes were worth it. Yeah. We got it finally. John, we nailed it. The well, lighting good. is great. Everybody's happy. He's not screaming, uh, but great to be on, guys. I genuinely do enjoy your podcast. I listen to it in the car all the time. So nice work. I do not have Appreciate a mug, that. though. I'm not a mug guy. I, I told Dylan, I need a, I need a shirt. A full yeah, shirt. No, I know, I know that. you guys are high quality is very important to you guys so um we don't want to rush these things but i'm i'm looking forward to the show i will work <laughs> don't want to rush these things but <laughs> let's make it choppy now we've been in contact with um some of the stockade guys so we're trying to um just do a sustainable tea. kind of good local made tea you know and do it right so we're hoping for summer i'm not afraid of putting that out there we've put out so many things and they, they come much later right sean but yeah, we're hoping Sometimes. for summer. We just we're we're getting control of the website, getting control of the club. So the, club the website's shirt. sweet. The website's sweet. That must have taken a long time. It did. Yeah. But, it, <laughs> but, it, but it it's fun. fun. It but it's fun. fun. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. But I mean, it's it's detail, it's it's high quality. It's, I mean, I'm I'm, in, I'm impressed. I appreciate, uh, appreciate that. It's probably mostly Sean. Um but no, no, it was combo style. It, I think it was pretty equal in terms yeah. of, but it was a lot of bouncing ideas. And Sean mm-hmm. is a little more technical when it comes to the website. I'm, I guess I'm Dylan makes more a, of the design. Dylan makes a great docs. Let me tell you that his journalism oh. is on point. I'm he, I'm here for the docs. <laughs> he's got great. Look at those glasses too. Right? He's, are you he's going for the clock light. look? Are you going for the clock look? Should I do it too? I mean, do you have them? I mean, I have. These are just blue glasses. light because. We're Uh-oh. six hours ahead, so I'm just trying to block out some of this light so I can get some some rest. Get, get some rest. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. I have prescription. I'm blind. I'm wearing contacts. If I don't wear them, I'm blind. So I mean, I'd be, if, if I put the glasses on, I'd be double blind. If anyone's watching this, Keegs may get up and move around a little bit, do some yoga. He might go for a workout or a run. So he's just not a he's not a sitter. But he's, he's making it. He's he's here and. um you know, Keeves, we said before, maybe we will have to add you on to the site, though, as part of the uh, backroom staff and just put a Coach Keegs there with a nice description. What kind of yeah. what kind of coach are you? I'm pretty much everything. I, I mean, you know, I coach uh, the mentality, I coach the gym work, coach the, the, the on the field stuff. Uh, I, I think I put together some good sessions. I actually this offseason, I had a group of uh, maybe like 10 to 15 high schoolers and some a couple were like freshmen in college. Mm-hmm. and i just like 
put it, they're all relatively high level. And I just say, put out a schedule a couple two to three times a week, whoever wants to show mm-hmm. up shows up. And it's generally between like five and 10 come. And I, uh, the first hour is always, uh, like soccer stuff. And the last 15 mm-hmm. minutes is normally some, some of my gym exercises. I've been doing some knees over toes. Uh, that we actually, of, that's, that's yes. something we wanted to get into. Let's start. We can, we can yeah. do our make your own path question later. So to yeah. tell us knees over toes, I mean, it's kind of been, it's blown up a little bit, but like, how do you incorporate it? And then for those who maybe don't know, just give a little synopsis, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a lot of times as athletes, like we know our body better than most of the PTs, ATs, doctors that we work with. I mean, obviously they can help us with exercises, but they, I mean, they're not, they're not in our bodies. They like, we do something and we're like, this is useless for us. And the next thing that they give us is great. So I think we have a responsibility to really think about how we can improve ourselves from a gym perspective. And I mean, that's similar to my story with the knees over toes. Like last year, my knee was bothering me. I had some teletendonitis probably because I was playing on asphalt in Madison. Um, no, I mean, whatever. We can get into that later. Uh, but <laughs> right to it. Um, but, but I, I mean, I was having that problem and I couldn't get rid of it. I was working with the, some PTs, some ATs, okay. and I couldn't get anything to fix it. And I just kind of, a couple people had told me, oh, wow. There's my actually, book. This is Sean. Have, there you go. Beating um, ten, yeah, tendonitis. Um, but what happened I, after the season, uh, a, a couple people had told me about it. I'd seen him on Instagram. His exercise looked good. He seemed like the kind of guy that I would like. Uh, so I just, mm-hmm. I mean, I bought a month's program and I just did a month. And it was great because I got to learn a lot of the different exercises he does. And I got to, again, pick and choose the ones that I want to use. But within two weeks, my knee was feeling way better. I mean, I haven't, I'm not, haven't put it into like huge strain yet. I mean, today was our first day kind mm-hmm. of picking it up. Uh, we had captain's practice today, uh, but the pain, like the pain that had been bothering me for six months is gone in two weeks. And I had been working with quote unquote professionals um, I, it was not debilitating, debilitating enough that I didn't play, but I, I mean, I played through it the whole time, but it was just, it was a very annoying injury. And I, I think that's something that's important. You have to kind of think outside mm-hmm. the box and like, all right, mm-hmm. how can I fix my problem? Cause the, yeah. the people that are helping manage, especially at our level, if you're playing at Bayern, you can probably listen to the people in charge yeah. uh, for the yeah, most part. Levels to yeah. Anything. yeah. But uh, I mean, the, the theory behind these over toes um, is just, you're trying to strengthen the muscles around your knee whether it's the BMO, which is right at like lower quad or like the tibias or ankles, like just things that can help you. And the knees over toes guy is a, he, he had a lot of knee surgeries. Like he had issues himself and he kind of created his own program. And Mm -hmm. now I've kind of moved it. So I I use like maybe four of the exercises consistently. Mm -hmm. Now Dylan and I have have dabbled in his stuff as well. And I still do uh, a few of the exercises what are the exercises used to doing? Or I do, I do. Uh, the, I mean, the sled walks are like the number one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says it, and I agree. Like the backward sled, um, mm-hmm. it's really, really good. I, I like, I've, and I've built my way up. I started in the beginning of the off season, which was November, and I've built my way up to now. Like I started with two plates on it on the mm-hmm. sled, and now I'm up to five. So it's like mm-hmm. a massive jump. And at the beginning, like when I was doing it, my knee would bother me, and now there's mm-hmm. just nothing. That's one. And that, 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 if you could just do that one, I would just say that you could mm-hmm. just stop there. But I really like the tib raises. I like, um, this ATG split squat, the one where mm-hmm. you're like, lunge forward. Mm, yeah. and there's actually a fourth exercise that he didn't specifically say, um, 
but I do, and it's very similar um, kind of methodology. It's spring ankles. Um, and I, I learned it from actually a trainer in Madison that showed it to me. And it's, it's kind of a similar idea that you're driving your knee forward, mm-hmm. um, but you're, and you're, it's, you're holding it for 45 seconds um, in a certain position. And, and the fifth one is just the poly, polyquin step up. I really mm-hmm. like that one mm-hmm. um, with, with a slant board. That one's really good. Those are, those are my five that I do. And, and that he, I mean, if people who wanted to actually follow the program, he, every two weeks he changes it and it's a lot of different stuff, but it's, I mean, it's yeah. really cool. Cause I just love experimenting with my body. Like I, I'm never going to mm-hmm. be like playing for the national team in 90 mm-hmm. in minus 20 degree weather tonight. Um, crazy. But, yeah. Crazy that they're having the game there, but I just like to see, all right, how minimal improvements can I make based on certain things that I do off the field? And I, I enjoy that. And I think I'll, do it after as well with other people yeah it's that it's the theory of marginal gains right it's like these little things i was actually reading a bit of uh black box thinking last night it's a book that sean gave me too it's kind of like a a way to approach failure i don't know if you ever heard of it keegs i haven't but i'm gonna have to it's something you would definitely yeah you would definitely love this they uh, they talked just about a pit crew um lewis hamilton's pit crew a little bit on mercedes-benz and the little changes they make each time and then how they go back and they look at these changes. And it's kind of just the same testament to you where it's like, I mean, you've been around the leagues and different leagues for a while now, and you're still trying to learn new things, how to keep your body functioning at the level or even at a higher level. So, I mean, this is something that I think guys need to take. And what's funny to me about the knees over toes is like, don't you guys remember when you were growing up? It was like, that was like a sin to literally go do a lunge and your mm-hmm. knee go over your toe. Like, I remember being reprimanded for, from this, from whether it was PE teachers or like soccer coaches when we were a little younger. I mean, even four years ago, three years ago, I was being told this. So it's just, it's funny that something you think you know as like Bible, just a little more information comes out, a little bit more uh, testing a little bit more random testing and it's like this is it's good stuff mm-hmm. and what, one thing um kind of piggybacking off that the knees over toes guy was on joe rogan uh recently and he said like his methodology he said in 20 30 years the textbooks will have all my stuff because that mm. we with the testing and all that this is the best stuff but he says if you go in the textbooks now i don't think they're still quite on like don't put your knees over your toes but it's not to the full extent it should be because these things take time. You're not going to write a textbook in a week. So if you like, I mean, science, sports science, all this, you learn over time by practicing, by doing studies, by doing all this. So like all this stuff that we're relying on, all this data is not always accurate. And just because you're an expert in it and like you learn the book, you learn Mm -hmm. the textbook. When you go to school, you learn the textbook, whatever it is, sports science, um, healthcare, whatever. And if the textbook changed, you're still, if you're not active and trying to learn, you're yeah. still teaching the stuff that's now wrong. Yeah. And that's, right. I think, a, a, a big problem with kind of society is like we, we rely too much on like what we're told by others and we're not willing to experiment and mm-hmm. figure out what's best. And again, like everything's different for each person. Like, of course, all the if you didn't use over toes, you would probably wouldn't pick the same five exercises that I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe not. I think we would definitely have some in common. You sent me some some things, actually. It was a great birthday present. So we had our... Uh, um, I'll play it since since this is take four and we can play it again. But we have this doing right here. Pre- and I have already agreed that we're doing the jersey transfer next time we're uh, yeah, training yeah. at the net. So this winter, 
this one do the classic hand each other the jersey yes get a photo there's some other stuff that i'll stop before that (laughs) go back and listen to the first episode (laughs) if you guys want to hear just i don't know we get into some crazy stuff with the amazon delivery but um (laughs) i forgot it was it's something that came to fruition two years later keegs and i finally did the jersey swap and uh it was my birthday and he sent me um some exercises and stuff and i took some stuff in too so you know keegs knows that i've been trying to get over an injury and i think this is something i need to incorporate more specifically because of where my injury was it's very close to the left knee so it can create instability in these muscles and can heighten my chance of you know getting injured in acl mcl area so this is something that i definitely need to take on more and but shout out to keeks for that birthday present yeah i'm more of a i don't give a material gifts I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> for the experience I'm, I'm disappointed you're not wearing the jersey though you know Eintracht Notre State um, would be very happy to see Jacob Keegan in there I uh, Jacob wow uh, only, my, only, my grandma, can't. only my grandma calls me that and she's not alive anymore so uh <laughs> I, I conf- confession um I leave all my jerseys that I accumulate at home mm. at my parents house um I travel light so I thought I was I different I would have worn it if we did this podcast when I was at home last week. <laughs> fair enough. That's fair but enough. We, we had to wait for any 11 to get his full shine and get his full podcast. It's a great podcast too, though. So it was a good episode. It was nice to see you back making the rounds again. You know, it's kind of like your publicity tour. You're joining the team. <laughs> you got to do the rounds of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a fun episode to do. Um, uh, he's, a, I mean, he's a great guy having a lot of good conversations, similar to you guys. Mm. Yeah, we appreciate that. Um, we're going to get into our regularly, our regularly scheduled programming. Don't speak too soon. We, we might not be able to talk on this one, but we've uh, asked you a few times now the make your own path question. Um, one for our 50th episode, I believe in the first episode too. So, you know, we know you have this rehearsed just because you're doing the rounds, but you know, that was back in 2020 in September. So what is it, what does it mean to you now? And is anything changing with you? The only thing that's changed is my memory of, of what my, what I said before. I think I have a kind of a, <laughs> a consistent, a consistent answer for this. And it's pretty much just do things because you want to do them and not because mm-hmm. like someone and your family thinks you should do something or your girlfriend wants you to do something or society says, this is the quote unquote cool thing to do. Uh, just blaze your own path. Don't be afraid of, like people maybe who have failed before you in doing this sim- a similar thing. Um, I think really that's what life's about. People chase. I mean, if, if it makes you happy to chase money, I, I think I'm totally fine with that. But I think a lot of people chase money because they think it's like a societal um, pressure, but also like yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a form of power. And, and I do think some people genuinely enjoy it, but I think some people it makes them miserable and they'd be better off. We always use the, the Dylan example, the JP Morgan turning down JP Morgan and going to Germany. So I think I think that's what it means to me. Overall. A few stops in between, but we made our way out to Germany. Yeah, by way of Australia, Sweden. That was it, right? Australia, Sweden. Australia, yeah. Sweden, Germany. Yeah, yeah, a couple of trials here in, in Iceland yeah. too. But that brings I, me actually, I think this kind of goes hand in hand. Because um, us three, we kind of came, we grew up without any types of social media, right? We grew up in the time period where you kind of had to call a friend or knock on his door. It just seems so ancient these days, but... We also kind of experienced whether it was, you know, in high school or college where, 
you know, a lot of these apps were really starting to kind of take hold in Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat. So, you know, from us seeing that time and also living through this time now, how do you feel like that role, what is that role playing for youth footballers and the effect that it has on them? I mean, I think it's, it's, it's a major thing. I, I think it, it can be good uh, in some instances, but in a lot of instances, it can be bad. Uh, I think if you're just using, I think, I think some kids do this. If you're just using whatever social media, new technologies to play FIFA, to go online and whatever, file 433 and watch highlights and things like that, I think it can be a positive because you can learn the game that way. I think FIFA is a great teacher of the game. You learn a lot of the players, a lot of the footwork. If you file footwork, of course. Yeah. I mean, everybody's following footwork. So I I figured that was just a given, Uh, (laughs) uh, but I I think it can also be very dangerous because you compare yourself to others. And this doesn't even really have to do with soccer at all. Um, A lot of cases, people just compare their, their lives to famous people or influencers. And that's just not the way the world really is. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I, I mean, if I, if I could snap my hands now and have things exactly as I think would be ideal, I think there would be a, 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 I think, I think social media has a place, but I think there'd be a cap on it Yeah. in terms of time limit. Like, and, and I'm not saying I'm very much like people should do whatever they want. I'm not going to tell people how to live their lives, but I put a cap on mine. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, like you get the little thing. Yeah. I do that with Instagram sometimes. 15 more minutes. Yeah, would you like one more minute, 15 more minutes or ignore for the day? And like, I'm not going to lie. I do ignore it for the day sometimes. Yeah, but, sometimes, yeah, of course. But it's good to have that like thought. Like, oh, okay. It's whatever, five o'clock and I've already reached my Instagram quote unquote limit. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's good to have those little things in place. Uh, I refuse to go on TikTok because I know like if I go on, I'll be just as obsessed with it as I am Instagram. And Twitter is Twitter is a different thing. Like, I don't get obsessed with Twitter. I I go on sometimes and there's crazy people on there, but it's not like I'm on there and I'm like, holy shit, where was the last 30 minutes? Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if I had, I mean, hopefully I don't have kids too soon. I don't think I could put up with them or they could put up with me, but uh, I would definitely have like, all right, you want to get a phone when you're whatever, 12, 13. I would definitely have an age where they wouldn't get it. But then I would also mm-hmm. say, all right, you can use your phone for 30 minutes today. And then it goes back in this drawer and you get like little bits, but not, having it just ruin mm-hmm. your life run your yeah. life yeah completely yeah. agree i have the the um the little things that come up for instagram too and although i'm the same sometimes where i'll just click ignore especially if i'm like working on a reel that's just taking forever because i'm just learning the technology but i think it is important to have those little things because sometimes it does work sometimes it takes me out and i'm like okay you know that's good enough for today let me put that away you know mm-hmm. yeah the other thing I like doing is I like to have at least towards the end of the day, I like 10 o'clock. I, I try um, to just don't have my phone at all besides like yeah. setting my alarm in the morning. And then also at least for an hour during the day, just put my phone in another room and don't mm-hmm. even think about it. Um, this is, this is one I've been trying recently is that <clears throat> it's so it's very hard is the first 30 minutes of every day. I don't look at my phone mm-hmm. and I've been like, what is today? Wednesday. I've been like one out of three this week but it's like it is a great feeling yeah. when i do do it i'll get up you know i'll like do a stretch instead i'll you know make a coffee and just sit there for a little bit and then like i'll go check it after yeah. and it just feel i feel more productive throughout the day yeah. but it's it's tough to do that when i roll over um 
now the whoop has an alarm so that's that's better so i don't Mm -hmm. have to rely on the phone but yeah it's just one of those things the more i can get off my phone i just feel if i can allocate the time especially with like doing this podcast and stuff allocate a certain amount of time and then just get off of it that's when i feel my happiest and most productive but yeah it sucks you in man it is a bit different though with what you guys are doing with the podcast or if you're mm-hmm. it's your job to be on the phone uh i mean you like you have to like what what else are you going to do if you if your work is on a computer all day you have to be on the computer uh but i i it's more so for me like the personal side of it like mm-hmm. if i'm doing it to look at my friends or to look at i don't know soccer stuff news whatever i'm looking at that is like there should be limits on that yeah yeah for sure i and guess are, it's just hard sometimes to <clears throat> differentiate yeah. i go on for footwork and then i end up staying on for some, yeah. on some other yeah. reason some yeah. bullshit reason what are you yeah. saying, Sean? Going, on, going on footwork and then uh creeping my instagram <laughs> this <laughs> happens right this happens yeah, right. exactly exactly <laughs> and, and i try the same thing to catch myself especially at the end of the, the end of the day I, I try and put computer and phone away and Lately, they've been trying to read every night. What are some things that you find yourself doing uh, when you get off your phone and actually be productive and whatever? What are some hobbies you're you're working on? Obviously, the needs over toes is the interest of yourself, um, taking care of your physical body, mental health. Uh, what are some things that that you're into? Um, well, I mean, readings. I mean, reading's a big one. I have to. I had a, like a book collection at, that I left back at home because I'd read them all. So now I'm gonna I'm gonna buy some new ones. Light. Yeah, I try. I do. You don't believe it? I do. I travel light. Uh, but have you read The Alchemist? That, that's I. I mean, with the latest podcast with Kylie, I have it on my list. I'm gonna buy it. I actually talked to my roommate about it last night, so I'm gonna get it because you, all three of you, were like, "Oh my god, it's the best book ever!" So I was like, "All right, fine, I'll read it." Yeah. Uh, but yeah, reading's a big one um, when you can because like, you just, and the same thing with that. Like, I tried. If you're reading, like, you try to just put your phone like in a different room because mm-hmm. if it's sitting right next to you. And especially if it's on ring, because then you, you hear it, you're like, oh, now I wonder what it was. Maybe it's my my secret crush or like whatever it is. <laughs> Chelsea. And- <laughs> Chelsea's calling for me for a trial. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Or it's, uh, oh, it's it's John. He needs me to do this. John Harks. He needs me to like, it's no, he can. He can I mean, and if John's listening to this, I'll always pick up for John. But like people can wait. <laughs> this exception. Yeah. yeah, people can wait. That's the one I actually was wondering, like if I had an Apple watch. And I, it was connected mm. to my phone, obviously. Like, if I looked at it, would it be better? Because I'd just look at it and be like, oh, I don't need to look at that now. And if mm. it's something important, then I would do it. But then I was thinking, mm. maybe I'll just be looking at my watch all the time. I don't know what would be better. Yeah, it's like uh, if you got yeah. a notification, it's kind of the same thing. If you had your notifications yeah. on for everything, would you just yeah. check quick and then get off it? I don't find myself being able to do that. Okay. I think I'm, I'm better not... without yeah, I agree. personally. I'm not going to do it then. That, that that settles that. I'm reading The <laughs> Alchemist and I'm not, I'm not getting the Apple Watch. Uh but another Easy thing way. would be, yeah, another thing would be uh, I've done the coaching um, this offseason and uh, mm-hmm. the past couple of offseasons actually with mm-hmm. a couple, like a good group of guys like I was talking about. And just one of them came up to me and was like, hey, can you do a gym program for me? So I've, that's been kind of my latest nice. I don't know, quote unquote hobby. It's, I mean, it's not hobby, it's like a little mm-hmm. bit of work, but and I've been kind of writing and it's very similar to what I do um, in terms of my offseason. And I'm just kind of transcribing it and making it a little bit easier, a little shorter for because they're in high school. So, mm-hmm. uh, and like one guy asked for it, and then I just posted it in the group chat with all of them. And now I think I have one, two, three, five of them, maybe five so of them. You're not so charging. Like, you're not charging for this. So I, I told them I was like the first month, 
if you just want to have the same generic one that I wrote for the first guy, it's free. Like uh, mm-hmm. I have, and I made an Instagram. I made an Instagram mm-hmm. with like videos of myself doing the exercises. So yeah, the, the, the Instagram, they can obviously just follow it. And then I have the whatever note with, I told them for all of February, do these exercises. Mm-hmm. And then I told them like, if you want to send me videos and help me make it personal for you and personal and like help you with your form, help with the weight you should use all that stuff. I said 20 bucks a month. Um, but if you just want like what everybody else is getting and follow the Instagram, I'll do it for free. Cause like, I mean, yeah, my, my big thing that I don't like, I, I mean, I like it because you can make a lot of money doing it, but coaching to me, like it's, it's so overpriced, but I mean, at the same time, like I don't make money playing soccer. I do, mean, but like not real money. So like I have mm-hmm. to do it and I have to charge. Yeah. So this mm-hmm. is my way to be like, all right, I'll do these guys a favor because they've spent a lot of money on me and the, for the training. It's yeah. not something that's totally hard for me to do. Mm-hmm. And if they want a little bit extra, I think 20 bucks a month is like nothing, but mm-hmm. I have to like, yeah, if I'm spending time looking at all their videos, I feel like I have to do something. Yeah. Um, I'm kind I, of com- yeah, I agree. Cause yeah, I mean, we've talked about this with other people. It's like your time. I mean, yeah. yeah. at a certain yeah. point, yeah, they've, you know, they've been good customers and things, but this is things that you've spent hours researching and yeah. trialing yeah. and stuff. Do you want to plug that Instagram? Or are you trying yeah. to keep it for, are you trying to keep it for the uh, small group, that, <laughs> smaller group that you have? I mean, if people want to follow it, they can, but uh, I kind of copied you guys a little bit. Um, it's uh, jet.club. Nice. So it's, it's another club. It. Oh. Yeah. So it, um, I initially Sorry, was just going to, I was going to be like, the club. yeah, there you go. Yeah. I, Yo, we got to put this on the website. <laughs> aristocrats isn't working out, but, uh, hey, but Jet, you, you gotta... I was just, I like acronyms, um, with mm-hmm. all like sports performance stuff, like all the ones that I like, they're all like, I don't know, KPF or the, the one guy that has the spring ankles that I learned it's mm-hmm. tap. And it's like total yeah. athlete mm-hmm. performance mm-hmm. or night performance factor. So I did JET, which is like Jake's elite training. And cool. being Love from that. New York, that. I think like kind of makes sense, even though the Jets yeah, are jet. disgra- mm-hmm. they're they're yeah, disgrace. Right. But um, and I was just gonna do Jet Club, but then Instagram didn't have it, and I was like, what could be good? And I just did Jet.club, which is kind of I think you guys are the same. It's like footwork.club, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, that's the yeah. name, that's for, the name of the website. Yeah. For the yeah, for the website, I mean. Oh, so I like that. So Keegs, I did mention this, I guess if people really want to hear the full resume story, but, um, for those who, um, have made it this far and still don't really know your career in this, in this scope of the episode, can you give us a nice little CV version of, of where you played and where you're at now? Yeah, I'll keep it way shorter than that, that episode for sure. <laughs> um, so I grew up in New York about an hour and a half from the city, played for youth club, East Fishkill Thunder. Went to John Jay High School, um, went played collegiately at, collegiately at Binghamton University, which is kind of near Syracuse. And then from there, I was drafted by the union, never really signed, never, never signed with them. Um, but then my first uh, quote unquote contract was uh, in Germany in the sixth division with FCA Darmstadt. Um, didn't stay there long. Went to Galway United for two years, FC Edmonton in the NASL for two or Galway and I was in Ireland and then FC Edmonton in the NASL for two years, um, went to back to Ireland, couldn't get enough to St. Patrick's athletic. Then went to Greenville. Wow. I went to a lot of places, too many yeah. stops. No, no one wanted yeah, to keep been a lot of stops. <laughs> then I went to Greenville, South Carolina in USL one for two years. We won a, the championship in 2020, which is pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. And then went to Madison, 
the year that we'll we won't talk about well we will talk about but it's it's okay it wasn't it wasn't the greatest year uh, but thankfully Greenville let me come back um, very th- honestly I'm very thankful for that I if I had to end on Madison that would have been rough so you say I mean we'll, we'll talk as much as as we need to as much as you want but um last time we talked um I think you were in the middle of the season or the end of the season this was September right so you were enjoying your time there. Yeah, this was I believe in so. September 2020. Yeah, with with Greenville. Yeah, that was 2020. Yeah. So it was towards the end. Um, and just from knowing you, from us being friends, I knew that there was just other possibilities. But what kind of went into your decision of wanting to leave in terms of, was it down to, you know, just some new, you know, adventure? What What was in your head? Well, I mean, I think there was, there was a lot of, like, a lot of factors that play in. And I think a lot of times when you make decisions, you say, oh, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this. But really, it's just that one thing. And mm-hmm. the, other th- the other things are ways to explain it. Um, and I think that was kind of the case with me. I think, mm-hmm. and they play, don't get me wrong, they play it a little bit. But I think for the most part, it's one thing. And when I, those little things, quote unquote, was, yeah, I had a little bit better contract in Madison, but it wasn't worth leaving for the, the little bit extra money I was making. That's not really why, but it's a reason that I kind of told people, I was like, yeah, it's a better contract, this and that. Another was like, when I first started playing, I just wanted kind of new experiences, new places, new things. And I think that's a legitimate thing, but again, not like the real reason, the crux of the reason. And I mean, there were a couple other small things, but really I think I just got to a point where like some in 2020, my ex-girlfriend was living with me in Greenville and although I liked, I loved the team, I loved the city. And it just, I think, and I knew we were kind of towards the end, we were kind of about to break up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those things where I kind of wanted to get out of the place where we were. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted something new. And yeah. we, we, and I can, and I've never, I've never really told anybody that. Um, so this is breaking news and hopefully you don't share it too, with too many people. Don't make it, don't make it one of the highlights. We can just let this slip through. Yeah, uh, but this it, is for the we, people who are, who, who yeah. listen. If they've yeah. listened to the whole WAGS 10 minutes, yeah. I mean, they deserve, <laughs> they deserve to, hear to have this. this knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think that at that time, if I'm really, really honest with myself, I think that was the reason I just wanted something new because of, I just needed to get out. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then spending the year in Madison and although it wasn't the greatest like year, quote unquote, like I'm, I don't have any regrets. I think it was mm-hmm. a good learning experience, uh, for me. And I think I'm better off coming back now. So do you think if you kind of stayed in that situation, do you think it would have been a little harder for you to adapt and be mentally ready to play another year? Um, I think I'm very adaptable. So no, I think I would have been okay. fine. I think, if, I think if I was put in a situation, I think it would have been fine. Yeah. But I do think it may have, I don't know, just slightly Maybe. affected my enjoyment of it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's that thing that Sean says, you know, so sometimes you have to just change your environment, you know, to just kind of flip that switch a little bit. So I totally yeah. understand that. So then you go to Madison, which, um, you know, the Williams family was very happy about because we have a ton of Wisconsin <laughs> player, uh, you know, family there. So, um, although I don't know if they've ever made to any, to any Madison games, um, they were happy that I knew someone there, I guess. <laughs> I think they thought that that would mean that the chances of me going there were much higher. So uh-huh. this was part of the, the whole thing, but so take us through that year at Madison, um, you know, walking into it, a new experience, you know, how do you adapt 
come into a new group of players, a new group of guys, being one of veterans, you know, in this league and in the U.S. and then having the experience abroad, but, you know, being a new guy still. So how did you balance that? And then tell us a little bit about that that year. Um, good question. Um, so there was a new coach that came in and a lot of the players left. So I really mm. didn't have that new guy feel. There were a few that stayed over, um, but a lot of them were younger players. So it really wasn't, I mean, I went in there and the coach, I was shocked by this, but the coach asked me to be the captain. And I was like, I was like, first of all, oh, so I he should... asked you just from first coming there, he asked you well, to be the captain. It was, I mean, it was in preseason. It wasn't like the first yeah, okay, day, yeah. but it was, it was before the season started. And they had a guy there who had been captain for the whole time that the club's existence. So three or two years before that, so now three years. And he wanted me to be like co-captains. And I honestly, I was strongly considering just saying no, like, because I, I, I get it. Like there were a lot of decisions that were made by this coach that I just didn't agree with. And one of them was that I think it made no sense in terms of like, why? Because of because you were new coming to a, a new team, yeah. Because you're did new, you coming- not feel like you were, you know, a captain who wears the armband, but one who leads another way. I mean, I think a bit of both. I think yeah. I think anybody can be a captain if they lead properly, even if they don't shout and all that. I think the two Greenville captains here are good examples of that. Um, but I just thought this guy has been the captain forever. Like, like why? Like, what? What is there's What is the point of doing this mm-hmm. added thing? And it wasn't something. I ended up just saying, okay. Um, but that was, so like right away, I'm kind of like the main guy, quote unquote, or like the, one of the leaders in the locker room. Um, so it wasn't so much the adaptability, the adapting to the environment. It was more adapting to a new role where mm. I have to, I have more responsibility in terms of like stuff that doesn't involve my personal game. And yeah. I, I did, think, I go on, sorry. Did that put more pressure on you? Not in terms of maybe playing, but when you're adjusting to a new team and trying to figure out, like, especially, you know, trying to be friends to these guys, just trying to be one of the guys and you come in and you're the captain right away. Did that put some extra pressure on you to like fit into this team? I think, I mean, I think a little bit, I think, but I also think that had nothing to do with my personal season, maybe the team as a whole, um but in terms of my personal season like I, the first half of the season I was on fire yeah so like mm-hmm. so it, I don't think that was a reason for why things didn't go perfectly uh but yeah I just there, as an older player I, I guess I have more opinions like maybe when I was younger I would, would have just been like yes coach whatever you say sir but now like I have experiences and I have all these things and I'm mm-hmm. and I kind of second guess things more especially when I don't necessarily have to re- I don't fully respect the person who's making the decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas someone like a John here, like you, you, you know, his CV, you know, where he's been, you've always, obviously, I've obviously played for him before. So it's more like, yeah, yeah, I, I can trust, even if I don't necessarily know for sure, it's the right thing. I can trust that you're making the right decision and I can mm-hmm. fully get on board. Mm-hmm. Uh, where there, whereas there were a lot of things involved with Madison where I was like, oh, hold on, I'm the captain, right. Or one of the captains. And I have all these opinions about training, about how we're eating, about how we're traveling, how we're the players are being treated, how like, like, is it my responsibility to then? And the guys were complaining to me because the other captain was very much like he's 35 years old, doesn't really talk to people. Like he's not the most social locker room guy. So I was the guy that like people were talking to him. Like, yeah, what's my role? Mm-hmm. Am I the guy that's supposed to complain or am I the guy that's supposed to tell the guys to stop complaining? 
mm-hmm. when, even yeah. though I agree with what they're complaining about totally. <laughs> so it, that was kind of the, I don't know, the, the challenge that I was that going was through. Dilemma, yeah. 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 That was so a new like, experience yeah. for you. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So how did you, how did you approach <laughs> that then? Were there times where you felt like, okay, I can, did you pick your battles? You know, did you feel like some things you had to speak up on and like, how did you, did you, did you speak up more as you went on throughout the year? Um, I think, and if I had to do it again, I, I don't know if I could have fixed entirely. I think things were broken and they, they need, they, they need to like new, need, new people need to come in in leadership and uh, leader, not leadership, like coaching and staff positions to fix things personally. That's what I think. But if I could have done it again, yeah, I would have done it differently. I think what I did was I would say little things that really didn't matter. Like, or if I was asked an opinion specifically, I would put my two cents in for the beginning parts of the season mm-hmm. or even like the first three quarters of the season. And then finally I got to a point where I was just like, there's so much wrong here. And I, I actually, I mean, I went to the coach, I asked him to meet and it was like, we had like a two hour conversation and I just kind of laid out all my issues not, not just my issues. Like, I mean, pe- some of them were mine. Most of them were mine, but like the group the things issues. that guys are coming mm-hmm. to you about too. Exactly. And I was, and at that point we, I mean, as always losing kind of forces people to evaluate themselves and their, their positions and their, their, mm-hmm. what the team is doing as a whole. And that's kind of where I kind of, that's where I was like, all right, I'm going to take a stand here. I'm going to say what I think. And if it doesn't make a difference, there's whatever, there's a month left in the season that's it. I mean, we, but at least I feel like I made an effort. Mm -hmm. Let me try. Yeah. And I feel like maybe because I didn't have like a slow buildup with these issues, I just kind of went from zero to a hundred. Um, it, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know for sure, but like the last month of the year I barely played. So I Mm -hmm. went from like scoring tons of goals. Then I, in fairness, like I, I did have a period where I didn't score as many goals, but I felt like I was, you know, playing all right. And then I just went, all right, now, now I, I did, wasn't even coming off the bench last month. Um, mm. So, I mean, I a hundred percent think that it was that mm. specific conversation that was like, and I, point. and again, if I had to do it again, I would be more like, all right, here's one thing, here's another. And over time, mm. whereas instead of just being like, and I don't, it wasn't like a shouting convert, like we weren't yelling at each other, yeah. but I think he left there thinking like, and he his he was under pressure too. He knew mm-hmm. like if we didn't we had I think at that point we had like seven games left. He knew if we didn't make the playoffs, he was probably gonna get sacked. Mm-hmm. And he was under the pressure and he in his mind he says, All right, I had this guy who came to me and doesn't agree with basically doesn't agree with anything I did the whole year. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so in his mind, he's like, All right, maybe if I can get this guy more on the outskirts of the team, it can have a positive impact. Mm-hmm. Which I mean it didn't. And it wasn't that wasn't I wasn't the guy complaint. That wasn't my that's it was almost like, like his last stand mm-hmm. in a way to yeah. kind of yeah. like, yeah. if this yeah. works, you know, then it's yeah. still my way was right. And it was someone mm-hmm. else. It, yeah, exactly. And, see. and I mean, that that's as, I don't know if I'll be a captain again, but if I, would, if I were to do it again, I would, it would have to be with a, <clears throat> someone that was more of like a respect and more of a relationship. Like I didn't know this guy at all. Right. And that's, I, and mm-hmm. I think the captain and the coach should be people who have a relationship um, to some extent. And if it's a new coach coming in, that makes it harder, but at least maybe the player has been there for years and he knows the culture of the club, which I didn't at all. Right. So, and I think that's exactly what it comes down to. And this is not just in the game of soccer, but developing a line of communication early on, because it's like, it's like a relationship, you know, you don't talk about a problem and then a month goes by and then all of a sudden everything blows up 
it's not because something just happened was so bad. It was just the buildup of everything else. And you have this one thing and the person on the other end of that receiving it, first off, it's going to hurt their ego, whatever is being said. Yeah. Um, and then it's almost a defense mechanism. In this case, unfortunately, you sat on the bench for the end, for the end of the season. But yeah, I think in the leadership role, that has to be an open line of communication. Now, that doesn't mean you tell the coach, hey, everything you're doing is wrong, but you can go about a way. You obviously have to feel out how this person is and how they can respect what you're saying. Um, and yeah, maybe go about it in a way where slowly you mention to him things. And even myself, I've been on teams where, right, you don't say anything. And then all of a sudden the captain has a thousand things that the players wanted to speak to the staff about. He can't. It's, it's like, mm-hmm. if he goes and says all these things, he's done. They're going to kick him out of the club. Yeah. And yeah. it's not because he's a bad person, but it's just because there's 23 people saying, Hey, I need yeah. this. Where is this? Where is this? Where is this? Yeah. And then, well, I, when they pile up and you, and you bring it to someone, then they immediately think they think everything I'm doing is wrong. Kind of like Keek said, he's like, this guy yeah. didn't agree. He must not agree with anything that I'm doing, but that's yeah. how, I mean, in that way, that's how it must feel. If you come, just with a little thing here, you know, like we should do this when we travel, you know, but it, it is a tough situation because you're, you're feeling out who you are on this team. What is my role on this team? You know, you come into a team. Is this the first, this is the first time you were a captain? Um, yeah. Since, since high school. Yeah. Since high yeah, school. But at, first, yeah. At, the, at the professional level. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're feeling out all of these things and it's, it's something that is peculiar to me, but um I mean, to come back to you in those terms of not playing, was this one of the first times where you kind of, whether it was for this reason, getting into a little bit with a coach or disagreeing with a coach or from playing, have you spent this much time kind of being the guy and then taking a seat back and, you know, having to, to watch from the sidelines? Um, I mean, never like the, I mean, I, the only time I've missed, games i think more than like i mean i know it, i think at st pat's like a couple cup games i didn't get like i was an unused sub mm-hmm, but that was mm-hmm. pretty much it aside from when i broke my foot uh in greenville so i missed like i missed eight games there but like as an unused sub like this is this is literally the first time ever which is an, i mean i think a good experience i mean not not that you want it to happen but it's also a good experience because you have to learn to continue to be supportive of your teammates continue mm-hmm. to try to be positive in training like you can't just piss it off um yeah. which i i tried to do all those things and i and I, I mean i will fully admit like if we were so the beginning of the year we did well i was doing well like if that had continued those conversations would have never happened even though a lot of the things that i thought at the end of the season we were also still doing i thought wrong at the beginning of the season we were just winning so yeah. i mm-hmm. i will fully admit like my own personal frustrations and maybe i let that happen too much um came into the conversation so i i I think it's also important to kind of as if you're going to be a leader you have to kind of take your own personal uh agenda out of it and just Mm -hmm. think of the team as a whole um and that's another thing that i think if i could do it again yeah i would think i would try to do that a little bit better um but again like i wasn't and if you talk to any teammate on the team they would never no one would say i was a bad influence no one would say i would Mm -hmm sacking it off in training. No one would say I didn't, wasn't supportive of the guys that were playing at the end of the year. Um, it was just, I think I could have handled certain things better. Um, that's not to say I respect the coach at all. Cause I don't, but you have to, I, when you're still playing for a guy, you have to respect him because he mm-hmm. is, he is your boss. He's no longer my boss. So I don't have to respect him now, but when you're in it, you have to. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the line. It's that line yeah. of power. He, I mean, yeah. you you have to in these situations. But I mean, how difficult was that for you? Kind of knowing, I guess, maybe not knowing. I guess there's always a chance that you would, you know, see your name starting. But kind of knowing, you know, I might not get a shot no matter how I play in this training. How was that approaching training like that? I mean, it, in a weird way, it was it was fun uh, because I feel like I had my best training sessions at the end of the year. Cause I just knew, all right, I just have to show up. I'm just going to have fun play. I'm not going to play on the weekend. So I'm in, in a weird way. You're, whatever. you're more, you're more rest. Like when you don't train or sorry, when you don't play in the game on the Monday morning, Tuesday morning training, you feel better. Like that's just natural. For sure. Um, and you can go harder. You can, and you can go harder. And, and that's yeah. just how I took it. I was like, all right, let me do as much as I can this last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, have, in terms of training, do as well as I can, if I get called on, which I really didn't but that's okay. And stay healthy. That was a big thing because I was, I was dealing with the, like the knee thing, which was annoying, but I mean, not, that was not, that's not an excuse in terms of my performance. I was mm-hmm. just like that. I'm dealing with that in my back of my head. I'm like, all right, let me focus on getting myself healthy. And that's really all that and feeling good and playing well. And that's mm-hmm. all I could do. And if I mm-hmm. get called on to play because that happens, great. And if it doesn't, then, I mean, that's fine too. Yeah. For sure. I completely understand. It's a, it's in a way it's like a, it's a interesting type of rejection now for those of who you know you guys got to get onto the footwork.club website because during keeg's week which we will call it when this is out released we have our tactic video with keeg's everything the whole keeg's week is going to be popping but um keeg's is going to come out with a nice article too um a little story about rejection i don't know if uh you want to just go off the top i'm throwing you right in Oh, we're going, we're going there right now. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll share it. Just give um, a little, yeah, just give a little bit. About little it. I'll, give, I'll give a little, yeah, we'll give a little teaser. So, um, this is kind of in the, after I graduated college, I, so I graduated a semester early. So it was in the fall of 2012. I, mm-hmm. So I didn't have to do the spring. So, which I wanted to do so I could go on trials, do whatever I was going to do. And initially I was drafted by the union. Then I went on trial in Israel and Austria. Then I came back went on trial with the cosmos and then eventually i had a trial with um just to give the timing i think it was like april or march uh in 2013 with the harrisburg city islanders at the time they were in i don't even know the league it was something usl you the leagues have changed so many times so like the, yeah i don't know you, it was one of the usls so I, I went on trial there um they were an affiliate of the union so there was that connection i thought i had a good chance to sign there and whatever if i did well then maybe move up so i was there um, when you read it, it'll be the exact days. Cause I remember better, but, um, I was there three or four days and there was a game on the weekend and the last training session on the Friday, um, we did whatever we did. Uh, then there was going to be a game against UMBC, which was actually in my conference on the Saturday. Um, and I, I up to that point, I only did training. There was no games. So I thought, all right, this will be my chance to show myself. We actually didn't ever, we didn't have enough numbers. So we weren't even really playing 11 v 11 in the training. And I was like, all right, I'll have my chance. Um, but after the session, the coach, uh, Bill Becker, which at the time, who was the coach at the time, he, all the trials, all unsigned guys, he said, I'm going to talk to you one-on-one. So I was like, all right, we're going to find some stuff out now. It's kind of like pit of the stomach kind of moment. And uh, I don't know, whatever, five guys went. And then I, I went and he's like, listen, Jake, like, thanks for coming, but we're going to let you go. Kind of the, the typical rejection conversation. And I was I was, you know, I was a little surprised. I was a little bit like, geez, like, 
this is Harrisburg, which is one of the, I mean, one of the worst clubs in USL at the time, one of the lowest budgets anyway. They actually had some success on the field. And I was just like, oh, I can't even get signed with these guys. Like, what am I doing? Like, am I ever going to play anywhere at any level? Um, like, kind of, like, what should I do? So I kind of, I just left immediately. I didn't want to talk to any of the guys. I just wanted to get out of there. And I remember I was like, I went, um, I stopped like at a gas station or something. And I called my dad and I was like, hey, I'm going to come home, blah, 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 whatever. I just told him. And then I was just kind of sat there and I was like, fucking hell. Like, I, I just felt like, because at Binghamton, I was the first guy like ever drafted. So people, when people in American sports, when they think you're drafted, you're like, oh my God, you, you got drafted. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Like you're, you're a pro now, which is not, right. not just the reality of the situation. So I just kind of felt like I was almost like a fraud because I, I was a pro or people thought I was something that I'm not. I was just, just, uh, I mean, but it was, I mean, all this stuff, it's like, these are good moments, not, not yeah. good moments in the, in the time, but the good moments to learn. And if you can be, yeah, if you can be mentally strong enough to get past them and learn from them, then they're all good. Yeah. 100%. I think I've, I mean, I'm looking a little bit at some of the, uh, the teaser you sent me and it's, I mean, it's, I think we've all felt this way and, um, we had a guest on recently. We won't divulge to you yet, Keegs, but you'll be proud of this one who just kind of talked about the feeling of I belong here. And it was like, it's very, it's a very hard feeling sometimes when, like you said, you were drafted, you have these pressures from the outside, whether they're actually doing them or they're in your head, regardless, it's people see that you were drafted. People think, oh, he's a pro, you know, he's made it. And in this, it's like, this puts this added pressure on you when you're trying to chase this dream with this one guy's opinion, you know, didn't do it for you. And this is that feeling. That's the result of it. Thinking I am a fraud. That's like, I think a lot of footballers, including me have all felt this. Like I remember going to Australia, you know, posting, I've signed my first professional contract. And in a ways it's like, it's a professional league. Some guys, I think it's actually considered semi-professional, but some guys are on professional money. And I wasn't, but, you know, I didn't divulge that because in a way it was like, I can't go back now because now I'm going to seem like a fraud. And I felt like that a little bit. And it's a very difficult feeling to kind of shake and be like, mm -hmm. wait, who am I doing this for? You know, I'm not doing this for them. I'm doing this for me to, to, to do my dream. I think that's a very tough thing to tie it into social media. Like we talked about yes. before to realize who are you doing this for? Everyone can be an Instagram baller, but like, you know, who like was that a tough thing for you to to come to terms with? Um, it's tough to remember like what my mindset at the time yeah. was. So much, has, I, so much has happened since then. Yeah, I I can actually grow a, a tiny bit of a beard now. I'm still trying. I, man. I, I, I have a, a slight a slight fade. Other than that, I had a buzz cut back then. So much has changed. It's a nice um, cut, though. I gotta say, it's it got a nice, nice cut. cut going. Thanks, uh, Oxford Barber. It's a team, uh, or a team sponsor um, cool. in Greenville, South nice. Carolina. Honestly, they have enough business. So we don't need to plug them, but you know, <laughs> great, guys, great guys. Um, so, like at that time, I think I was just always, all right. I'm not gonna stop. I'm just gonna keep like on to the next, like whatever's next, whatever's next. I'm just gonna keep <laughs> doing this. And I didn't like have a, if this doesn't happen, then I'm gonna stop or like, yeah, okay. It, I never, that was never a thought in my head. So I think my mm -hmm. mentality was just like, be persistent, like keep, 
trying to knock quote unquote, mm. knock down doors what people always say, and keep trying to be seen by different people, keep playing at whatever level you can play at. And hopefully eventually you climb the ladder to some extent. And like, I, I didn't write that in the, the thing that I wrote, but to kind of bring it full circle when I was at FC Edmonton 2017, um, I was, I was playing out wide, but I asked the coach, like if, if I could leave, if I, and, and Edmonton was like, NASL was going to fold. Edmonton wasn't like, it just was like, it was, would have been a better situation for me to leave. And he said, initially he said, okay. And Harrisburg city Islanders, Bill Becker offered me a, a one and a half year contract. That's unreal. <laughs> wow. To bring it full circle, but full circle but, moments, man. but then at, in the end of the, at the end of the, or when I went back to the Edmonton coach, he's like, yeah, no, you can't leave. I was like, what you said? Would I you leave? have, would you have taken that contract? Yeah, oh yeah. I would have, I would yeah. have left. Yeah. It was between, there were a couple there. I could have gone to Puerto Rico in the same league, which wouldn't have been a good situation. Could have that gone to Harrisburg. Interesting though, huh? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Culturally, Puerto Rico yeah, first. It would have been like, it would have been like three months because it was in the middle of the season. Mm. And actually it worked out because that I didn't go to Puerto Rico because that was the year Puerto Rico was hit by the hurricane. So oh, like um, it would have been like a month after I went there, um, the hurricane happened. And then they spent the rest of the season just playing like away games. <laughs> it would have been a yeah, disaster. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> So, but I mean, it would have been interesting going to Harrisburg. I don't, I don't know. They're, they're no longer a club. So now this was 2017. So who knows? Happy. I'm again, I'm happy yeah. how things turned out, but it's just an interesting little tidbit to the story. Now you said, I, you said some, uh, go ahead, Sean. I've been talking. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's good too to, I don't know who said this and maybe no one did, but it's like, like to try as quickly as possible and try to fail quickly, you know? Because once you get that first failure over with, the first rejection, kind of <clears throat> lays foundation for you to go on to, first off, do you really want to do whatever it is you're pursuing? Mm. Um, it'll, it'll let you know really early on. And then coming down the road, it's never as difficult. The rejection always sucks. But you know, like you said, you, <clears throat> you're playing with the players. You know you're good enough. In this case, it was just the environment or the coach didn't see something, whatever it was. But it's like you have the confirmation that, no, I know I'm good enough. I just need to find a new place. And getting or getting a rejection that early on kind of helps with um, down the road. I mean, it comes all the way to last year at Madison where you're sitting on the bench. That sucks. But you've dealt with things like this before. And yeah. that was new. That was a new experience. You never sat on the bench for that long. But you knew how to deal with it. You knew to just focus on training, focus on the gym, know that maybe next season you're going to be somewhere else. And you have the foresight to see that there, there's better days ahead, so to say. Yeah. Have you guys ever heard the story of this Chinese farmer? No, please enlighten tell me. Us. Maybe I have, but please. Yeah, Sean us. hasn't heard it. To hear. I don't know. Tell me. It, it, it goes to, to it goes story. to what Sean. It goes to what Sean is saying about like fail quickly, um, because in an essence, the I the the moral of the story is like not like failure is like a relative term, like. You can learn from failure, but the, the story goes like there's a Chinese farmer, right? And he has a horse and the horse runs away and everybody in the town comes to him. It's a small Chinese town. Everybody in the town comes to him and they're like, oh my God, your horse ran away. That's terrible. How are you going to provide for your family? Whatever. The next day the horse comes back, but he brings 10 wild horses with him. So now they have 11 horses. So now they can produce a lot more to whatever they're doing with the horses and everyone in the town comes to him. They're like, oh, my God, you have 11 horses now. This is awesome. And the Chinese farmer, said, uh, the Chinese farmer says, we'll see. 
And the next day, her, his son is on the one of the wild horses trying to tame it. And his son falls off the horse and breaks his leg. And he's and everybody in the town again comes to China. I guess this have tea at these Chinese farms. Uh, everybody in the town comes to the Chinese farmer and says, oh, that's terrible. Your son broke his leg. I feel so bad for him. And the Chinese farmer just says, we'll see. And then the, the next day, the Chinese government Chinese government, geez, scary people. They come to his dark <laughs> turn. The Chinese government comes to his house and they say, uh, there's been a draft, and your son needs to come with us for the military. There's a war coming up. And they go to to the son, and obviously he's broken his leg. And they say, Okay, he doesn't have to come to war anymore. This is his like medical exemption or whatever. And everybody in the town, again, comes to the Chinese farmer after they leave and says, oh, my God, it's so lucky. Your son doesn't have to get drafted and all this. And the Chinese farmer just says, we'll see. Because you you never know, like, is is what happened good or what is what happened exactly, bad? Or, yeah. Like, like yeah, the, the horse mm-hmm. ran away. But in the end, it saved his son from, from the military. But in the mm-hmm. end, we don't even really know if that's good or bad because maybe mm-hmm. his son going to the military would make him have an incredible life. And he broke his leg and now he's going to be a drug addict. Like we don't know. Mm-hmm. Of course. So yeah. we just like, like just live the experiences, go on these trials, fail mm-hmm. quickly. Like we're, well, we don't, don't try to fail, but like if you fail, just say like, Oh, maybe if I would have signed for this team, there would have been a hurricane mm-hmm. and I would have been on the road for three months. Or maybe if mm-hmm. I signed for this team, I would tear my ACL and my career be over mm-hmm. or something else happens and you go to a better situation because this team let you go like, because Harrisburg mm-hmm. let me go. I was able to go and end up in Galway, which is probably my favorite. Galway and Greenville, my two favorite parts of my career. And I ended up in Galway. If I signed for Harrisburg, I wouldn't have played for Galway most likely. Yeah. So there's, there's all these things like you don't know. So like, it's not really failure. It's just, it's something happened that we'll have to see where the path takes us. Yeah. It just changes it a little bit and it just, we'll see. That's it's funny as you kept going. I have heard that. I heard it from the calm app. She told the story mm-hmm. one time. I don't know if you've ever listened to the Calm app. It's like the meditation app. No. She did one and then sometimes she'll she'll give examples or stories or parables like this. And the we'll see. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's spot on. It's like, who knows? The, to bring it back, I've yeah. told the story a few, probably a few times on this is I was trialing for a team for a month. They tell me, you know, at the very end, like, no, we don't want you. And I was pretty devastated at the time because I thought with the transfer window ending, this was it. When in reality, it was a we'll see moment because the next day I go on trial and then I end up signing in a, a week or two with Norshay where I am now. Yeah. We'll see is a, is a great way to experience it because it's like, yeah, we'll see if how bad this is. Yeah, yeah. We'll see it's, how it turns it's, out. Yeah. It's more of an unexpected, not an unexpected change, but an unexpected result or unexpected it just happened. Something happened and you didn't expect it, but it's not, it's a bad thing or a good thing. It's just a we'll see moment. And honestly, the alchemist, the book is, is <laughs> we'll right in line with this. Yeah. Kind of honestly. And everyone out there listening to this, read the book. I promise. <laughs> this is, this I promise. is two in a row, three in a Dude, row. I How promise that on? this book, everyone in the world should read. And it's the same. It's a, it's the same principle. I will order and, it shortly. Yeah. And uh, that's brilliant. though. And as you yeah, were saying that, that story, I was waiting, like, I'll keep going. I want to know what happens at the end. <laughs> hey, but that's the thing. You can keep going forever. Yeah. You can right. like, just keep after, going. Yeah. After the son doesn't go to war, like I said, he, he gets into 
drugs. I'm like, oh, the, all the town comes. Like, oh, that's terrible. You're such a drug addict. We'll see. And then he... Yeah. And he becomes he, a scientist like he because goes, he, he goes, figures out yeah, a way to yeah yeah some, or like oh he helps gosh. he helps million or helps thousands of people curb addiction because right. he beat it himself like I mean who yeah, knows we'll see we don't we don't know you just I mean, there's certain things yeah, when you mentioned will, Chinese government it was gonna shut the shit down you just I, I I said it and I couldn't say I couldn't keep going on the story without saying something <laughs> just uh, take a pause it's <laughs> <Stop laughs> VIP kids so don't and I can't I, make money the next anymore. time I next time I tell the story it's gonna be like. Vietnam or something somewhere a little bit friendlier. Yeah, it's just a Mongolia, farmer. Mongolia. Oh, Mongolia. That's good. Yeah, the Mongolian farmer. Uh, but where I heard that story, I heard it recently. Um, I'm a big Tom Brady guy, and he told it on one of his. Mm. Uh, uh, what was it? It was a. Uh, I forget. It wasn't Tom Brady's time. It was the latest docu series that he did. Okay, uh, yeah. But on one of him, and he tells the story. I mean, I love Brady. He's, like he's just a guy. Like ultimate. Like if you want to learn how to compete and like get the most out of your body and do all that. He's a great person to follow. And he was just saying it from the perspective of like, they had the undefeated season and they lost to the giants in the super bowl. And he's like, if we won that super bowl, I think, and he says, I genuinely don't think I would still be playing because my motivation, he, I, he's like, I would have already accomplished like everything. And he the said the two man. super, mm-hmm. yeah. He said the two super bowls. I mean, obviously he won three before that, but he said the two super bowls that he lost in between like the three and then the four that he won later like really drove him to continue to keep going. And it's like, Oh, if you, if you talk to him after that night, he's devastated. But the Chinese farmer says, we'll see. We don't mm-hmm. know. So it's always, there's always blessings and disguises out there. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's tough to see him at first, but I guess it's a good thing for people to try and trick themselves. Just say, we'll see, and just see what comes of it. You really, you really never mm-hmm. know. Now yeah. Keegs, you, um, you had you, you, there was a little mention in there, so I kind of want to pick your brain on this. Where you said, um, "I'm glad um, I didn't it didn't end in Madison." So, is there something behind that? Do you feel like you're kind of reaching, I guess, the end of your playing career, or was that did I mishear that? No, I, I just think like, I mean, I hope not. My goal, I mean, I don't I don't want it to be the end, but I mean, at any age, it doesn't matter if you're 25 or 30 or. 35 like it can always be your last year mm-hmm. especially at our level like if you're playing for Bayern Munich on a five-year deal you're probably pretty safe but like at our level it's very often year to year maybe there's a two-year deal involved don't you somewhere. feel like you've kind of done enough in your career where you could always find somewhere I mean I maybe but like I think there'll be a point where you don't and I and I think mm-hmm. I don't think I was at that point you're, you're right I don't think I was at that point yet but it but it does creep into your mind where you're like will anybody give me a legitimate offer? Um, which is why I really, I am thankful that I, that I'm here, like that I get mm-hmm, to play yeah. again. Um, mm-hmm. Cause you don't know. I mean, hopefully this year goes great. And I strong arm everybody. I'm like, give me, give me the fucking bank. Um, but I mean, it, <laughs> and, and, they, and, they'll do it. and I'm back. Yeah. And, and, they, and they'll do it. But like, after you go through a year and I, and I, and the funny part about it is if I compare like 2020 to 2021, like just my personal play, like it's not that much different. I mean, it was shortened season in 2021, so you can't compare it directly. But like, I don't think it was that much different. Maybe a little bit better in 2020, slightly, but it wasn't. It was just in 2020, we won. So like I had both Greenville and other teams around the league who wanted me. In 2021, we didn't win. Like mm-hmm. as a team, we were seen as a failure. We were plenty good enough to make the playoffs with the players we had, mm-hmm. and we didn't. So, and like personally, did I play that much worse? No. 
it, but it's like, you have to like a lot of young players don't understand this. And like, they go on trial or they sign with teams and they're like, they make it all about themselves. They're like their stats or whatever else their highlight video. And you have to like, if you don't get into a culture and you have, you're part of the culture, you're one of 20 guys. So if you have the wrong attitude, then that's 5% of the team that has the wrong attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's very important to realize like, yeah, you, sometimes you're going to give you, if we're, if, I don't know, if Greenville plays in La Liga, like we're going to finish bottom, but you can still aspire to be a winning team. And how do you become a winning team by like sacrificing for the greater good of your team? And that's, yeah. that's, mm-hmm. that's hugely important to how you're recognized individually even at the end of the year. So like as someone who's, who's been around and you've kind of had these leadership roles, whether it's captain or not, what is something that is, to kind of piggyback off of high performance, what is something that's kind of non-negotiable for you in terms of how your teammates need to act on the field or in training? I mean, the, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, there's, there's a bunch, but like show up on time, have a good attitude. Uh, don't be negative. If you give the ball away, try to win it back. Like just simple things. Like I, I if, if you're, if you're not good enough, you're not good enough. I mean, that's, but you can you can still be a winning team with players with some players who are not good enough if they have the right attitude. But if those same players have shit attitude, it brings the whole group down. But if those guys are the ones on the bench, like yeah, let's go, like the vibe guys, the locker room guys, that makes your team better. Mm-hmm. And like I, all the winning teams that I've been on have had players like that. And all the losing teams, and Madison's an example. Oh, a lot, not all, but a lot of the guys who were on the bench the whole year were not the right vibe guys. And I think part of that, if they were in a different environment, they would have been. But it was an environment that was created, and it was just not the best. Mm-hmm. So. And how have you changed your game throughout the years? As you get older, I mean, you're coming towards the, the second half of your career. How has your game changed, and how have you adapted? And how do you know when to adapt your game? Or does it kind of happen just slowly over time, season to season? Yeah. I think it's, I think it's slowly. And a lot of times you don't even realize it. I think, mm-hmm. I think you learn stuff. Yeah. I think it's right. not necessarily always adapting. It's just like you learn something new and you're like, Oh, this movement will help. Or I don't need to chase after that ball this time. Cause I'll save my energy for this moment or attacking and defending is very different. I think because defenders, mm-hmm. you have to do certain, like if you don't do certain things, then that's a goal. Whereas mm-hmm. attackers, you can kind of almost pick your moments. Um, but like last year, I felt like I was more picking my moments because I wasn't feeling hundred percent physically. Whereas now I feel, at least now I feel very good. So maybe I'll go do a little, little bit more running in the channel or like doing this a little bit more pressing in, in certain areas. And I, I just think like, and it's even game to game. Like some, some games you feel really good and you can feel like you can run forever. And some games you're like, all right, I can still have a good, I feel good enough to have a good game, but I need to more pick my moments. And I haven't, I don't, or at least I don't think I've gotten to the point where like, I think at a certain age, you're probably like, all right, I can't do these things ever. Um, but I, I think it's more just, do I feel good this day? Then I can do this. Mm-hmm. Do I feel a little bit not as good? I'll do this. And, and that's pretty much it. I, I think maybe more in training. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, you do, you don't do certain things. You don't maybe lift as much as you did, or you do lighter, like things like that, I think mm-hmm. are more what I think about now as being older compared to yeah. when I was younger. Yeah. Well, it's a testament to you. I don't, I mean, I, I don't see any signs of slowing down because, I mean, you take care of yourself. And I think you must need new glasses. Yeah. I mean, you're blind, but that's hardly <laughs> your fault. I 
mean, this is this is something that the young guys. I mean, we were all there, and we all had these guys in college. And you think you can go out and just shoot balls and stuff like this, and you don't need to put in that time. But trust us, as guys who are getting, you know, up there in age, you need to put in that work beforehand because it will prolong your career. Whether you feel it then or now, it doesn't matter. Do that work, that accessory work, things like researching how your body feels after doing knees over toes. Like these are things that you need to invest. We talk about investing in yourself. And I think that is one that goes overlooked a lot. People see the money. Yeah. You got to spend money on trials and things like this, but the research learning how to take care of yourself, what works for you. Cause like Keek said, everyone's different too. Not everyone's going to have the same diet because not everyone's going to adjust the same foods on a game day, you know? So take these things that we're saying, but also incorporate into your lives and prolong your career because trust us, I, there's not a chance in the world I'm going out there and tr shooting balls before I put in a full 30 to 45 minutes of accessory work before a uh, training. I can't do that. Yeah. Uh, it would kill me. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's funny that you say, I mean, it's, it's a little bit different because it's, it's how you train. But yeah. the, again, the guys, it's a, it's a decent level high school group that I have, and I'm bringing a lot of back to the coaching stuff, so I was doing lately. Um, but these guys, if you take a ball, put it out in front of them and shoot, they strike it well. It's, a, it's on target most of the time. Like, they do well. Like, in comparison to me, like, or me or you or Sean or whatever, never trained with Sean, but I assume John, Sean could hit the target. They're not, like, they're a little bit worse, but they're not, like, they're not terrible. Yeah. Like, there's 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 not that much of a difference. But then – what I've started to realize, um, especially this year and last year too, is once you start, you do some sort of crossing and finishing drill. You put the ball wide. You put the ball in the box. I swear, these kids look like they're blind. Like they're like they they can't make good contact with the ball. The finishing is poor, and it's and it, and I and I look at it like these kids are not training what they should be training. Now, yeah, part of that is don't go out and just shoot before warming up. But part of it is when you do warm up, don't just shoot because in the game. Unless you're Stevie G, you're not going to be pop pulling up from 30 and like and banging them. You're going to be scoring goals where the ball gets whipped across and you have to like slide in like a typical Dylan goal, you know, you have to slide in like toe <laughs> I, ball. I, I, or, I see it. <laughs> typical like a toe ball or like maybe the ball like bounces right before you and you have to keep it on target. And like mm -hmm. that's the kind of stuff, especially for attacking players, that you should be focusing almost all your time on after yeah. you're properly formed up. I mean, of course, yeah. but to tie that into with social media again, all these <laughs> drills that you see, this is going to be the name of the episode, just fuck <laughs> social media, but all of these intricate drills, and sometimes Keegs and I share them with each other, but these intricate drills that are like, play this ball, jump over through this hoop, and do a somersault, and then, you know, like, count to 10 on your left foot, and then <laughs> score a goal, and it's like, I get some of these things, and I understand that some of these things, especially with younger athletes, can create, um, you know, just a sense of enjoyment, something different, and some of the things you can take. But, I mean, when we do our sessions, it's very tailored to what we need. And sometimes Keegs will ask me, like, I remember you asking me, like, what position are you playing this year? So we can kind of focus on things that you need to do in these positions. So we're not just only just doing general drills. But when I was playing winger, it was like, okay, Dylan, you're going to whip in 50 balls today with your left foot on the left wing because this is something you need to do. And I think that's something that maybe you agree with. This falls lost on a lot mm -hmm. of not even – I wouldn't even just say the younger generation. Social media plays a part, but a lot of people don't train how 
you should play and train the things that you need to play for your position, especially. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's a fine line between <clears throat> like when you're eight years old, you just generically train like anybody, yeah, any position, like you're positionless. But like when we get to the high school group that I was working with the college players and, and definitely us, like you have a position. So focus on the things that you need to focus on. And I don't know if you know, notice this, but every person that comes like I me, mean, I do the group, I invite the people for the trainings. So every person that comes, if I don't know them, I ask, what position do you play? Mm-hmm. Like, what foot are you? Like all these things. And I set up the field, like according to like the group of players that we have, like, I, I don't ever go to the trainings and be like, all right, this is what we're going to do because half the time, like cabal won't show up or something like, and we have guys <laughs> that like, so Maybe I just like, some I, college I, always, kids. I always wait, I always wait until like the group we have on that day is going to be there. So we can kind of figure out, all right. I always pretty much know what I want to do. I want to do some sort of hold up play, some passing, some finishing, or maybe we'll play a bit. But if we have a left back, then we'll set up the goals. So the goals are, um, cause it's two small goals we use. So we'll, the big side will be the left side. side. And if we have a right back or a right winger, we'll do the big side will be the right side. And I mean, that's just, you have to do those things. And I, I even think a lot of like high level players don't always do that. And then they can get away with it cause they're talented and, it's a short off season, but I do think sure. like the small, so small margins you can make up by doing stuff like that. It also comes down to, I guess there's a little bit of ego involved too, especially I would say more with pros, but a lot of people aren't honest with themselves and what they need to improve. I think this is a thing that every footballer needs to have a conversation with themselves and say, I mean, especially when a season's over, like, okay, what did I do? Well, okay. We can work on those things more. We can perfect those things. I know the type of player I am, but like, what did I do poorly on? What can I improve? For me, I know I can improve on taking players on more to break the space between, you know, like getting on the ball, like a Kovacic and trying to beat one guy to open up the rest of the field. So sometimes I will do drills like this, where um, a center back is playing the ball into me from distance at speed. And there are some Either there's players or sometimes you can trick yourself with, you know, colors and looking over your shoulder, one, two, things like this to kind of mock game environment, right? But this is me being honest with myself. Like, this is nowhere near good enough to what I've seen other eights in my position do it. And not only can this take me higher in my game, but this can put me into better situations to score. And that's another area where I've always wanted to improve on. When we do the net finishes, like – especially when it was me, you, Scotty, and Corby, I was always four in terms of finishing. So it's like, this is something I can work on on myself. Hit 50 balls into a corner. You know, do the classic Keegs where when the defender is out stretching his, his leg, just come back across and go through the, through the legs. It's, it's simple. Sometimes it's one plus one equals two, you know, but it's the conversation you need to have with yourself, I think, regularly. Not to be too overcritical of yourself, but obviously – if you're doing this for the right reasons, you want to improve to be the best you want to be for sure. Yeah. yeah. And also with that, have the conversations with the players you're playing around, have them with the coaches. Point. Yeah. So like if you're a winger, if you say you're worse, I mean, I was, I'm a, I'm a striker. So if, if, if a winger says I'm really good beating a guy one B one, I'll just get out of his way and get in the box. If he says, yeah, yeah, if he's yeah, not, yeah. if he's a guy that says, no, I like to come in and combine, I'll try to come in and combine more. Like all these things, you have to have these conversations with yourself, but also with the guys around you because every player you're playing with is different. And then you make a sub in the 75th minute and the guy who likes to tuck inside comes on Mm -hmm. and the 
the the track star come is, is subbed on and then you just get in the box like i mean <laughs> like, yeah. that's it so it's it's not a simple game it's not an easy game but it can be made simpler if you are open to criticism from both yourself and from other people mm-hmm. yeah yeah totally and the, i think the positional play thing too is is important for people to like like you said when you're young you play everywhere you just play but as you get older, you do have a position. You can play everywhere, but there are definitely maybe a few positions where you are strongest at and then understanding what are the game scenarios that you will be in this position. When will you receive the ball? If you're a center back, do you ever receive the ball when you're facing your own net? 100, 180, 180 degrees with the back to your, to your opponent's net. Does that ever happen? Of course not. So why are you ever oh, going to change not. that in a positional <laughs> training type? Yeah. You know, And it's things like this that, I've learned over the years and you don't need to put that many reps in, in one session. Like today, after the session, 10 with my right, 10 with my left diagonals. And that was it. You're I'm done before I'm done before we're even cleaned up. The whole field is cleaned up, but I do that again tomorrow. And at the end of the week, that's, that could be almost 70, 80, 90 balls with each foot, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. take anything out of me on the day. So you don't overdo it. If there's something you want to work on, but understand and be realistic that the reps are quality, not quantity. I think that's, that's, that's something to really focus on. Good point. Yeah, agreed. So, Keegs, we've had, um, since footwork is just all the rage these days, um, <laughs> now we have a few th- things on our site, like um, just, you know, tips for those who are trying to want to, you know, follow a similar path and just want to go pro. So we've opened up some consultation things. Um, but we've also had people sliding in the DMs, you know, and – We've had this discussion before. We're all about shooting shots. You know, you got to shoot your shots, but I think you got to shoot high percentage shots and good shots. So I I would assume a guy like you, who's got the verified check, who's had his podcast, who's been on (laughs) footwork now twice that people are, you know, lining up, but in all seriousness, people have had to, you know, just asked you for whether it's advice or things like this. Now we've, trying to tell people to enlighten people when you do this the first sentence should not or the first two sentences should not be can you help me and it should be a lot more in terms of who you are so i feel a human element to you so i mean is you have any maybe not crazy stories but you have any things where people are trying to ask you for something you just feel like you're doing this all wrong um that's a good one um I think, I mean, take away like the random like African or like, like or just like a, like any country, any person asking that's like almost like spam. Like, yeah. cause there's a lot, we get a lot of that. Like, Hey, mm-hmm. can you help me with my club? And I will send you video and they send you video and it's like them playing barefoot, which not, nothing against any of that, but it's just like, how can I help you? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Taking mm-hmm. away any of that. Cause that, that stuff happens all the time. Um, people going about it wrong um i don't know you had an i mean yeah i'll give i'll give you an example it's not an exact example but this is uh dylan and i is bringing (laughs) we're in here oven as thomas tuchel would say had it up to here had it up to here (laughs) is a proper introduction this is not just in soccer and asking for something but properly introducing yourself to someone I think this goes back to social media too. It's lacking. Oh, 
I, I and, agree with and that. Because of, I mean, and maybe it is because of social media, I don't know, I can't say, but we've definitely experienced it. You have to have a good introduction. And by the time this podcast is out, there'll be a podcast out that we recorded with someone who literally introduced himself on a voice message and we wound up recording a podcast with them. Random person. And that's the difference. He, he sent us a one or two minute voice message explaining who he is, how he came across our podcast, what he would love to talk about. And that was it. And then you have another message saying, hey, how are you? I want to play here. Do you have any contacts there? I'm sorry, but I, I'm not going to treat to help. Them. I'm not going to treat that person the same way as I treat the other person. And I think yeah. that especially in this game, when it's all about networking, that a network is huge in terms of getting opportunities. You have to know how to do that. Yeah, it, it's it is tough. I mean, I mean, one rule would be. If I have never seen you play, don't ask me for a favor helping your team. Uh, I mean, there's ex- there's exceptions like if you played at a certain level, things like that. Uh, because like you're asking me for a favor to put my name in the line for you, and I don't even know you. I don't know you as a person. Mm-hmm. I don't know you as a player. Um, so maybe I mean, but this is a long game, and I understand people just want help now. Um, but maybe try to build a relationship in some way. But that's I mean that's hard of we're social media, so I don't really have an answer for that. But one thing now that you've gone on your story one thing that does really annoy me about people is when like and even friends if, if we're just casually talking i don't care about your grammar just like there can be you can write lowercase you can do certain things and as long as it's legible i don't care but if you're asking me for a favor and you don't really know me your grammar needs to be like like you'd be trying to write an, an essay more or less yeah, like it needs time. to be yeah, spend some time. That's funny. Like, Hussein said the same thing. Yeah, yeah upper, like, exactly. like capital letter for the start of every sentence. Put a period, like things like that that mm-hmm. have definitely happened. Um, but yeah, again, like it's 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 not something that I really notice. I, I, a lot of times, people ask for favors, and I'm just like, I don't know you. Like that's the biggest thing. Like, I don't know you. How can I do yeah. this favor for you? Mm-hmm. Um, and, but for the most part, like for instance, my I thought it was a little. I mean it was a little weird, not because I like the guy, he's a good guy and everything. It's just, it was one of my, the goalkeeper coach last year. He, cause when the coach got fired, he left as well. He asked me to write him a letter, letter of recommendation last night as a player, as a player. And like, I, I, thought, I thought it was a little strange um, just because like, I'm a player giving a coach a recommendation, which he's like a higher on the quote unquote mm. uh, pyramid, oh, yeah. whatever. Uh, but I mean, but he's a great guy, a guy that was always good to me. And I wrote him one. And like, that's, those are the kind of people that I would always help. And then there's, there's this group of people that I would never help. So it's like, it's tough to go like this middle ground of like, what are these people doing wrong? And it's like, I don't know, besides just make, take the effort. If you're going to, if you're going to ask me to do Mm -hmm. something for you, make the effort and, Mm -hmm. and, and friends, if you're friends, like if I tried to help you and I did help you, and if you, for whatever reason, don't want to go through with it or like, don't follow up with the coach properly or like whatever, just make sure there's communication through the process. And I understand people change their mind and that's, yeah, that's totally fine, but just make sure there's a communication and this is why I'm deciding what I did. And I'm sorry that you put my, your neck out for me and I didn't kind of follow through. And then that's totally fine. Um, But if there's, if it's just a case where like, I helped you, I know the coach, I recommended you. And then you decide to sign for another team and you just ghosted us. That's not okay. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. So, Keys, before we get into our fast feet round, I just want to talk a little bit. I want to talk about um, one. Um, 
you know, when you were coming off of that Madison contract, was there any part of you that was like, you know, let me take a, a big jump somewhere else again, whether it was like Ireland or I know that there were some sniffs of Australia, some sniffs of Scandinavia, some things like this. There were some whispers a few years back. So right, was there yeah. any part of you that was like, you know, let's let's do something a lot different? Um, no. And, but only because of the way the world is right now, if it was, okay. and even after Greenville last year, like I kind of had decided that I was going to leave most likely, but I wasn't sure where totally. Mm-hmm. And if the world was open, like totally like no lock, like no threat of lockdowns, like I probably would have went back to Galway instead of going to Madison. Interesting. Okay. Cause the coach, mm-hmm. the coach made me an offer from Galway and I was like, this would be really fun. Like they're again, like we were in the second division, then we got promoted when I was there. And then after I left, they got relegated. So back in the second division. So it'd be cool. Like if I could go back there and like, Oh my God, if you were the guy wow, who brought them the two promotions. Yeah. And like, statues. I love the, love the fans, love the city. It was like, yeah. again, like I said, it was Galway and Greenville, like one of my two favorite spots. Um, probably honest. I mean, you don't know unless you're in a situation, I probably would have done it, but I told the coach, I was like, listen, like right now at that time, Ireland's in stage five lockdown, which like they weren't allowed to go within five kilometers of their home unless it was for yeah. work and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, I remember. The leagues were still going on, but there was no fans. And I was just like, I, I can't go over there and rely on the Irish government or the Australian government. Good God. Um, the German government, whatever country it is like, you can't like, I don't want to do that. And at least, I mean, things aren't perfect in America by any means, but at least like you go to certain places, things are pretty much open. Mm-hmm. um and that's yeah, that was tough kind of to my, kind of take that yeah. big leap i mean we were already here in germany you know yeah. when this happened so i i can understand that playing a part it's like to go take a leap somewhere during the middle of lockdowns especially like yeah. that like the, the you know in ireland you can only do this it would be very tough to grasp any feeling of comfortability really to go mm-hmm. back to a place and then like yeah. i can't i can just go to the field and you know, it's probably pretty weird around, you know, training and teammates and things like this. So yeah, yeah. I totally understand that. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's, and again, it's, it's a, we'll see. So like the whole thing mm-hmm. is like, Oh, maybe I kind of wish I went to Galway. That would have been cool. But like, again, we'll like, we don't know it. Maybe this was a blessing because I don't know, like I would have been over in Galway and got terrible food poisoning. I, I don't know, like so, something where got an injury or like something mm-hmm. would have happened. So like, I, mm-hmm. yeah. it's not something I look back on. I'm like, Oh man, I'm so mad, but mm-hmm. it's just, you take the information you have and try to make the best decision. And who knows? I mean, who knows how long I'll keep playing, but if I keep playing for a while, then maybe I would be open to that again. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to play in like a little Asian country, like Mongolia or like, I was just or, about to ask you. Uh, this. That's not a little. That's not a little Asian. Part. That's a, giant, little, a little league. What little about in the sense of like like lower level, not lower level, but like not. What about not China, honestly? What Japan. about what about Southeast Asia? We've oh, mentioned that, a, a few pods that's where now, I, and I wanted to go. Like I actually, what was the team? It wasn't Mongolia. It was one of the. It's a very poor country in Southeast Asia. I actually got an offer from a small country or big country. Cambodia, small, Cambodia, uh, it was Cambodia, it was Cambodia, Cambodia. Wow, first Cambodia. one. Yeah, Cambodia. Interesting. That was great. Well done, Sean. So, and yeah. and again, at that time, I just didn't. I wasn't comfortable enough with like what what they were offering me was fine, but I wasn't comfortable enough that they were going to follow through with what they were offering me. But like mm, to live yeah. in a place like that would be awesome. I like just for a completely new experience, and I am very jealous. I've listened to all just Sean's stories about Mongolia and I'm jealous. Dude, of I'm going to Southeast Asia, so maybe we'll we'll time it together. And Dylan, yeah. Dylan says he wants to go, but he's 
Put on I'll, the I'll cusp. Bring, I'll I still have things walker. to. I still have things I need to accomplish before I entertain I'll this bring, idea. I'll bring my walker and my cane. I'll try to make it. <laughs> hold on, hold on for a few more years. <laughs> a few gonna more, play, a few more years. Going to play for more, much more. I mean, Easily, as as I can keep running. Is that is that what the plan is though? Is it like, do you feel any part of yourself falling out of love with the game, or do you feel like the time will come when you feel you can't? I guess there's always going to be a time where you're not the player that you were, but what, what does it look like for you where it would be like, okay, now it's time to, to hang it up. Oh, it's either like two things. The game's not fun if you're hurting all the time. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is if you're not good enough and that mm-hmm. those are really the two things. Like if I'm not good enough or if I'm just like every training session, I'm like, Oh my God, my body hurts. Like, mm-hmm. no, then that's not fun anymore. So like one of those two things. So either they're going to tell me or my body's going to tell me. And that's, that's pretty much it. Do you feel like you're, Cause some people we ask and it's like, not even just like going that far, but do you feel like in terms of soccer will always be a big part of your life, whether you're playing semi, you know, or amateur really with an MPSL team, you know, like Stockade has been urgent for your signature for years now, you know, like, could it be a a Jersey? Exactly. Could it be a situation (laughs) like this where like, you know, you do that for, four years and it's not it's like hanging up your boots from the professional game but you're still connected or you're coaching or you're involved in the front office or the aristocrat agency you know pops off like do what what do you see like what are the how do you see yourself kind of transitioning um i see myself sorry that just cut off for a second that was a great, uh, that was a great picture <laughs> was it the greenville one no, it was you no, and the flamingos. Great kits, though, you know. You great kits. Didn't have the sure. greatest time in Madison, but great. Kits. I gotta, I gotta change that. If I have to, I have to go on Zoom with anybody from Greenville. Um, but no. So, what was, the question? <laughs> what was even the question? Um, do you see yourself transitioning, transitioning to like, like a semi-pro type? Yeah, type transitioning. Time. Um, sorry, I got distracted there. My low battery, twenty percent. We're good. We got a couple more hours. No, <laughs> we're almost to the fast feet. Don't worry. <laughs> um. No, I would, I would say I'd always be involved in sport and mm. like helping athletes in some way, but I, I don't necessarily know if it'll always be soccer. Like I have, yeah. I love other sports. I love, I love watching football. I love playing and less, less to an extent, but also I like, like watching basketball. I, I love tennis, love watching it. I, I, and I think like what my, what I'm most interested in about like, like soccer even is the, incremental gains which a lot mm. of it takes place in the quote-unquote gym and i don't mm. see a gym the way normal people see gyms i see gym as like a like the thing at the net like just a thing of turf with some weight it'll like some weight but not like front squatting every day and all that so i i, I do think it'll be something along those lines mm. i most likely will be something with soccer um and, but to answer your stocky question like if i could st- if i'm in the area and I still feel not in pain and I'm good enough, then yeah, I would definitely keep doing that for as long as I could. Mm-hmm. Oh, they would love it. They've, <laughs> I don't know if I can, make it. I don't know if I can live in New York though. It's a little too cold for my like, yeah, I like warm weather. Hey, Amen. Yeah, he's a Greenville guy now, you know, that's you why we're going to, that's why we're going to Thailand. Come on. <laughs> All right. Just let me know when, how far is that from you, Sean? How far is Greenville from? Oh, from, from Myrtle beach. Um, three and a half, four. Yeah, Greenville's oh, that's the new club. Inland, that's right? the new family club too. 
Yeah, yeah. Greenland's inland. Yeah. Greenland's cool because there's a lot of lakes and there's also it's in the mountains, kind of. We're very mm. close to the mountains, so it's it's got a cool scenery. Um, dirty Myrtle, huh? Dirty Myrtle. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right, what I the Greenvillians call it? Uh, I feel like that's what New Yorkers call it. Might be I don't know. Yorkers call it. I don't know. Yeah. Good I, feel like I've heard that I feel like there's been a lot of like spring breaks. Uh, well, it is. It is a vacation spot for sure. Spring yeah. break and even families. Yeah, yeah that's right. what everybody. Classic tri-state area. Yeah, I've never been to Dirty Myrtle, but that's what I've always called it. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think it's a perfect time to get into our fast feet round. Um, Keeg, some of these may be recycled. We had a different version back in the day. Um, okay. But um, favorite moment thus far? Um, I'd probably say, I mean, it's between promotion in Galway and the, the title in Greenville, but I would probably say the promotion in Galway just because of the way it was won and the whole atmosphere of it. That was felt more like a culmination of like everything winning a like because the the you um we won like it was a table like it was a league mm-hmm. in it was greenville whereas the promotion one was a like a playoff final and all that so that's why i would pick probably pick that one it's a little bit not to no slight thrown at the other achievement but it's a little bit more of a once in a lifetime opportunity as like an american too yeah like, that is yeah. it's a crazy yeah. thing like i won promotion to the first division in in yeah. ireland like that's yeah. crazy was, and then they, yeah. the fans brought like an american flag on after it was pretty cool like such goals it's that's crazy. the pinnacle yeah. Yeah. yeah what about most difficult moment um i mean, it might be the harrisburg moment or like that time maybe um there's a couple others like last year was tough, but I feel like I was mature enough to handle it, that it wasn't as tough as like mm-hmm. at that particular time where I was in life. I, when I broke my foot, that was tough too. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I missed the, the end of the season, like the semifinal and the final. Um, but yeah, probably the, the Harrisburg uh, that, that whole time where I was like getting rejected from trials and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we kind of talked about it in terms of maybe what you will do after your career, but I'm going to take it back and put it as you're coming out of college. So if you weren't trying to be a footballer, what would you have been? See, that that's an interesting question because at that time, I had no idea. Like now I have a better idea of what I would have, like what I'm going to do eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the answer then is way different than what it is now in terms of like helping athletes, I'm just like a trainer, coach, whatever, I mean, that kind of realm. Whereas I think back then, like, cause I went to business, like Binghamton's, the school management was very like prestigious. And I just went in it because it was the best school at Binghamton. And I was like, all right, might as well go the best thing. I can, I'm a soccer player. I can get into whatever school I want. So I just did that. And I think business is obviously encompasses a ton of things, which it could encompass training as well. If you have your, if you own it. Uh, but I probably just wanted, would have went into the business world, probably taking your job at JP Morgan that you relinquished and, uh, been made, ma- making making bank probably have a lake house by now and uh <laughs> yeah been, probably too probably it's like a lot different kids. from my uh, probably, studio probably apartment, three, yeah. yeah probably three kids probably don't have sex with my wife anymore you know that would have been my life and, <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> we've had some interesting answers on here um kylie 
thought she might work at Friendly's, but this is right up there with like okay, classic this, upstater answer to a lake this, house. You yeah, don't want you a guys beach are really house. Painting the picture. Oh, I, I would prefer I would prefer a beach house, but I've just yeah, I've lived in nearer lakes like Greenville. There's mm. lake houses, but I, I would prefer a beach house. Okay. So, so yeah, good, I'll, good I'll take man, a beach house. Man, but man. I worked at J.P. Morgan. Like I can't afford a beach house. I'm not that big. I'm not that big of a ball. Yeah, you got not promoted yet. a few times at this point. A more years. <laughs> yeah. You've been working for ten years now. You know. I'm actually J.P. Morgan at this stage. <laughs> oh my god, I would be there. Oh wow, that's crazy. <laughs> J.P. <dot> club. <laughs> best advice you ever received. Uh, best advice. Um, oh, that's a tough one because you get so much advice, but I'm, I go back to one moment and it wasn't necessarily specific advice, but more of like a, a lesson. Mm. Um, I was, it was with my youth team. I was probably 17 years old, um, with the, the East Fishkill team that, I mean, I love that. I love that team. And we had a coach who came in the last two years, Eddie Evans, you guys may know, um, but I, I mean, I was, obviously, I was like the best player on the team. I always worked hard, but like, I mean, I, I guess at that time, maybe I cut corners. I don't, I don't know. He would remember better than me, but there was this training session. I remember it vividly. Um, and I was going to go to Binghamton. I already committed and I probably like didn't press a ball properly. I don't even remember what I did wrong, but he pulls me off. He stops the session. All 18 guys are there. He says, Jake, he says, go sit down. And it wasn't, I didn't have an attitude. It was, I literally just, didn't do something properly on a field. Like it was a, it was a mistake. It wasn't like I was being a shithead and he says, sit down. I was like, all right. And he has me sit. There weren't even bleachers. It was like at the complex. So like these fish will come They were just sitting on the grass. And he's like, you know why you're sitting down? He says, because if you play like that, you're going to be sitting on the bench next year at Binghamton. And it was like a lesson, like, all right, okay. There's levels to this. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm the best player here, but I won't be the best player there. At least not yeah. when I come as a freshman. And he was teaching me, he was, and he, and what I was doing was if, if that was someone else that was doing, he ne- wouldn't done it. Uh, but it was a good lesson. I think all coaches should do this. They should be harder on the players, the better, the better the player, the harder you should be on them. Unless, mm. I mean, it, it depends on like how their mental state is, but in general, sure. you should be harder on the better players because they need to learn the harder lessons because they're going to be the ones progressing on. Yeah. It's a, it's a very good lesson and don't rest, don't rest on your laurels. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you can't, yeah. this isn't going to fly in, in the next level. So don't start these yeah. bad habits here. Yep. Interesting. I didn't know Keegs was a slacker. That's interesting to know. I honestly um, don't even think it was like a, I, I don't even think I slack. I think he, I may have even done everything right. He just, he might have just made it up. Yeah. He's might <laughs> he just made, made it up. up. It's a brilliant <laughs> lesson though. Great lesson. Day, like I still really don't remember totally what I did. I think it was something with pressing and I wasn't pressing hard enough, but like it was not something that at the youth level that you would have, thought that was a mistake is that the yeah. chinese farmer this guy yeah he's eddie and eddie and the chinese farmer those are my two name drops i na- dro- name dropped everybody <laughs> else last time so i listened to it recently and i was like i kind of regret that we didn't have a youtube up with like something in the corner like just one that. two name drops just like <laughs> it ding, had to have been in the ding. 30s <laughs> ding. like like that should be in a vault somewhere. If anyone needs like contacts, you know, connections, just to reach out to listen to kicking it with Keegs because he's oh, rattling off them from, from minute one, to, you know, minute, whatever. I think there was like a 90 minute, two hours minute episode. Yeah. We might eclipse it tonight though. That's great. Our next well, one. Eggs came in. 
Yeah, it slowed the whole tempo down. Thanks yeah. a lot, Wags. What a <laughs> sub that was. Uh, best player you've played against that wasn't Brian Wagstaff? I never played against Wags. Played against, I, I mean, at the time he wasn't incredible, but I mean, I played against Trent, so like it's got to be Trent, right? He was yeah. 16 yeah. at the time or 15 at the time. You played against him in the second team, right? When he was there? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah well, I, it was like a yeah, it was like an academy slash second reserve team with Liverpool. They came to Galway. Um, now, did you? I mean, maybe you couldn't see it then, but did he stand out to you at all? Yeah, we. Yes, I, I remember him from the game. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. we won the game one nothing, and he wasn't like incredible in it. But I remember like, holy shit, this kid can ping a ball. That's what yeah. I. That's what I remember from it. He, yeah, this kid crazy. can ping a ball. Yeah. Mm. And with that, best player you ever played with? Um. Like on my team or in a, like a pickup training session type thing. You go bold. Yeah, whatever. If you want a name drop, you got a name drop. Well, I mean, I, I'm, just to figure out who I should, I'm just trying to figure out who I should name drop. Uh, well, I mean, David Dia was in a couple of training sessions mm. with him. Mm-hmm. And like that dude is ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. his finishing yeah. around the box. Oh, my God. The levels. Yeah. Mm. So it's got to What be about him. like on a team? Do you have an answer for that or is it? On a team? Um. If you ask me, I'm, I don't know if I could give an answer, yeah. to be honest. I'm not I sure. Would, I would say – and it's tough because, like, you, at the time – like, if you're playing with young kids or younger kid, players, mm-hmm. it's, they're not at their peak. Yeah, of but course. I they played with a guy, Ryan – like, a guy, Ryan Manning, at, um, at Galway. He was 18. And after the season, he got sold to QPR when they were in the Premier League. And he's mm-hmm. still – he's at Swansea now. He's in the championship. Like, oh, cool. he was – even at 18, he was very, very good. Mm. um so probably him but like at the time it's it's so tough to remember because they all yeah. mm-hmm. um i mean there were some very good players at edmonton our goalkeeper our goalkeeper that at one year in edmonton probably had the best like single season of any player i played it with matt ben uncle he just saved okay. everything he was fucking incredible love that goalkeeper answer from a forward yeah. you gotta love it yeah um, i normally hate goalkeepers but you know <laughs> When they do their job, my roommate's a goalkeeper, so <laughs> hopefully he's hearing this. <laughs> um, so Sean's name dropped it a few times tonight. He's he they have to hire him at some point. But for you, what is your favorite book? Um, I would say, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Relentless. Tim Grover, Relentless. Okay. The Jordan Jordan's trainer. Great book. I've read that like probably two or three times straight through. I really like that book. There's so much stuff in it that like, yeah. I, one of my, one of the things that I love in it is uh, he goes into a thing about like being relentless. And like, he says, everyone is born relentless because you have babies and they are relentlessly crying until they get what they want. And he says, society tells us to relent. Um, he's like, well, what's the quote? It's like, babies are born relentless and taught to relent. So like when you go to school or your parents are like, stop doing that, stop, or, stop mm-hmm. doing this, sit, sit down, your chair, do, do whatever. He says like society really tells us to not be relentless and to be a great athlete, you have to be relentless. So yeah. it's an interesting little take on it from him. Mm. Have you read his new book, Winning? I haven't, no. I'm going to have to write all these down. I never also, remember books unless I write good. them down. I got a note. You can find these all at the footwork book, list, <laughs> uh, which is available for download. For Actually, free the alchemist is not website. on there. I got to add that. Oh, we got to switch. By the time you hear it, it'll be on. Yeah, by the time you hear this, we'll have it updated. But yeah, free products on there. Go look at the, go check it out. Yeah. 
and ones that aren't so free. <laughs> the mug, fifteen dollars. <laughs> not only does he have the audacity to not buy one, but he knows the price. <laughs> I, I don't drink coffee. And- <laughs> not gonna buy that <laughs> what about what about quote that you live by all right so since kyle i this is a one i have i actually have a list of in my notes app like i have a list of quotes that i really like but i'm gonna uh, since kylie didn't i one of them is the man in the re, in the arena quote mm-hmm. uh, theodore roosevelt uh another brady that he likes to quote a lot uh since she couldn't do it right I'll quote it for us now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at his bet or at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst if he fails at least he fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory or defeat mm. take that kylie <laughs> Damn, we can't hear you buddy <laughs> oh no where is he he's speechless He's trying to talk, but he can't say anything. You're so amazing. Still not, huh? No, no, you're good now. You're good now. Okay, yeah, speechless, Keegs. I mean, just you got to love a guest that comes prepared and has yes. the notes on the right side, <laughs> ready to read off of. Amazing stuff. <laughs> I had to. I mean, I, I, I able to. She did way better than me. In fairness, she she but did I love it. it. She did it offhand, and uh, that was impressive. I love that. That's something that two of our most important guests, our VIP guests. That's yeah. that you guys are very, you know, in, ingrained in your life. I love that. Yeah. I do have a second quote that I, I was reading. I should just look going through the note. I do read the podcast or listen to the podcast people. And I do know that's one of the questions. And I was thinking about like, which one would be good of the ones that I wrote down. And one of the ones I've written down, I don't even know if it's totally true, but it's an interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested if you agree with it. It's the quote is, People are only as loyal as their options. I mean, everyone is different, but I, yeah, I mean, it's when you said that I just had people in mind right away. So I think mm. in a way, yes, situational, but yes, it's, I, I, I think I would go to say it's true for most people yeah, and the people that I, is I, not true. Those are the people you want in your circle. Yeah, I would agree with that. Off the and, top of my the head, other, most people I think of is unfortunately yeah. that's the case only as loyal as your yeah. options yeah yeah and the second one is um the majority of decisions made by you in life are made by are, are made when you're not in the room so be a good person mm. i like that a lot that's a really good one i like that one a lot too yeah we're, go, we're just doing i'm one. doing like seven quotes you know i this is i do what i want this is you make your own path <laughs> this is we encourage that <laughs> this is <laughs> Oh man! Officially part of the backroom staff. I mean, that's uh, just that's just it's Keegs week, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, since you say you're a fan, I believe you, but some people might out there might not. Um, besides kicking it with Keegs, what's your favorite footwork episode this far? Ooh, 
I think it was the Ryan Malone one. Um, the, the one recently. I really like that one. Uh, who else was that I really like? I always like the ones. I mean, the ones with Wags is entertaining, but I always like the ones with guests. And I prefer the guests, the, like the soccer guests, as opposed to I know you mm. had like a skateboarder on. I mean, those are the ones I like more. So I'm trying to remember what the other. I mean, Kylie's been good. Both of her episodes, I've liked her. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember who else there was. Um, trying to remember the beginning episodes, but yeah, I, w- I would probably say Ryan. I mean, he's got a great story. Yeah, um, a cool one. Really like, like even that. though like getting relegated from the third Bundesliga and then getting signed by a team in the second Bundesliga, that's crazy. Or going that's from D three college soccer to the second Bundesliga is it's insane. Wild. Yeah. I just I do wonder how many people have done that. I don't I feel like he's it, if there is a list it's very short and well yeah you'll be the next might be the you'll be the next one you'll be the next one you and sean will be the next one yeah damn right yeah that's what we love to hear i mean <laughs> keeks we have to mention too i think we we can't we have to mention it you don't know this yet but you followed our one of our biggest guests we've ever ever gotten you know i think it's it was only right for you to follow this this guest um and I don't even know if we should tell you, but just let you know that a week before this episode comes out, it was uh, a good guess. And you you ha- you upheld standards, you know. Yeah, you upheld the standard. We won't tell you on air. Yeah, Maybe we'll tell we you off air, but you, you upheld already, the standard. You've already recorded with this guest? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's your biggest guest ever? For sure. In terms and of like, probably. yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in terms of like, and it's a soccer player or someone yes. else? Mm-hmm. Soccer player, male or female? Man. I'm getting 20 oh. questions. Okay, yeah, yeah, go let's ahead. Let's do it. Let's do it. Actually, let's do it. Mail. You get 21 male? questions. You yeah. said male? Mm-hmm. Male. Okay. Um, male soccer player. Uh, is, was it a aristocrat's guest or no? No. No. Okay. Stupid. What was that? I see where you're going with no, that. No, but one. I like that. Yeah. Okay. I was wondering if you're piggybacking off that. Uh, does he play? Is he currently still playing? No. no. Oh, is he retired? Oh, my goodness. Oh, did he predominantly play in the u.s or somewhere else overseas somewhere somewhere else, else. is he american mm-hmm. yes well i like this we're getting, we're getting closer steve trundle no no but uh, it, he was mentioned uh, <laughs> he was named did, he, did he play in germany no no england yes yes american playing in england uh, I want to say, uh, what's his name? What's his name? It's well, Keegs, we want to thank you again. We're gonna have to check in with you in a year and a half just to see where things are, to you know, um, to, to kick three. it with you once again for, for a third time. But uh, always welcome here, all these conversations, and um, it's always a nice time, man. So Thank you for all the support, and we are following along as Greenville has become our our new USA club. Yeah, and our Thanks sister so- club, Jet Club. Don't forget. Yeah, <laughs> Jet I don't want too many followers. It's a private. <laughs> I, I made it private. I have like seven followers. <laughs> so make I, so if I you slide in the DMs to get a to get a follow back, make sure it's a good one, folks. <laughs> Introduce yourself <laughs> properly. <laughs> appreciate you guys having me on always fun always fun catching it up um it's been real um i will be rock i can't wait to post my first picture with my footwork t-shirt you know like a little selfie you'll be you'll be the one of the first if not the for first sure one. i think the first i think we, well other than us maybe you know, yeah. we got a well, quality if check if, if dylan texts me when they when it when it drops i will be the car the first love that 
Love to hear Thank that. Thank you, Keegs. Keegs was okay. here when it was just our moms listening. And, yes. and you know, he's he stayed a fan and stayed uh helping us, you know. He helped us with the uh the the website. I sent him it just to to get notes. I mean, he didn't have too much notes, but it was still like, you know, these are the people you have in your circle to help you yeah. with these things in the community. So Keegs, always appreciative. Can't wait to watch you bang some goals in. Keegs week. We're starting it off right. Thanks, boys. I'll see you. <laughs> Footwork is sponsored by ourselves and great companies such as Kong Fitness. But we love to partner with new brands that make their own paths, so get in touch if you must. Footwork.club, the official footwork website is now live, so make sure you go join the club and check out all the new content and all the new features. Find us on YouTube at Footwork Podcast. You better like and subscribe while you're there. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Find us on Instagram at Footwork underscore podcast. Great time there. Twitter at Footwork Podcast. TikTok at Footwork Podcast, where we like to post dance videos those are great but more importantly amazing content for any dream chasers out there plug plug pass tell your friends your enemies your mother your brother your sister your pastor it doesn't matter who tell the mailman your dog anybody that can listen like subscribe review because all of that helps while you're there we'll take whatever we can get to join the club join the club he messed me up i mean he can just he can just mash it together so it's fine (laughs)